Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. Happy May 30th. Let me stop the music here. This is May 3rd. I'm running the show myself. Voice America is closed for the Memorial Day holiday, and I have three wonderful guests who wanted to be here with me today, and we're going to do what we always do, talk about creativity, but my theme today is life-changing creativity. That's how important my guests are. I want all three of my guests to wave hello. I'll introduce you in a second there. There we go, and we have a quick thing we have to do at the beginning of the show. If you haven't heard it, guests, you have to do it. On the count of three, I'm going to have you all say with me, hello, L. L L just like that. One, two, three. Hello. Wow, that was one of the best ever. Uh, I felt a lot of passion in there. So LLL is lovely lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener, and she lives in Whitestone, New York. And I've been taking up a fake GoFundMe. I probably should try crypto instead. It might be better off, I don't know, to get her to move to London. So it'll be lovely lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener in London. But I haven't raised any money because it wasn't real. So what can I tell you? Today, as I said, is May 30th. We are honoring the armed forces over the years in the United States who gave us the privilege, helped us with the right to be here on radio talking about what's in our heart, what's on our minds. I get to talk about creativity because that's what's on my mind on Monday nights. And I get to invite wonderful people like Alex Becker, like Cece Castelli, like Dr. D. Terrence Foster to join me because we have the freedom to do that. So all I will say is let's honor everybody who gave their freedom for hours here. I'm not going to cry. Uh, my son usually says I can cry. I usually start to cry within three to four minutes on every phone call with my children. I lasted 40 minutes the other day. He was absolutely shocked. He kept looking at his watch and saying, when is mom going to cry? Thank you, my darling. Okay, so here we are, May 30th. Uh, let's see. We're live on Facebook. And this is the 150th day in the Gregorian calendar of 2022. I want everybody to say on the count of three, thank you, Greg. One, two, three. Thank, thank you, you, Greg. Greg. I have a feeling that his mom called him Greg or Gregor or Greggy or something like that, but we'll just call him Greg and we appreciate his calendar. We are in the zodiac sign of Gemini, which started May 21st. I think I had it wrong last week. Is anybody here a Gemini? Cece? No. Dr. Foster, Alex? Well, let me just tell you who they are. We might want to be actually. They're playful. They're intellectually curious. They're constantly juggling a variety of passions, hobbies, careers, and friends. They're social butterflies. They're quick-witted twins. That's Gemini. They're buzzing between happy hours, dinner parties, and dance floors. Does that describe you, Alex? Mm -hmm. Does that describe you quick-witted and friendly, passionate? That part describes me. I thought, all right, you're an honorary Gemini today. Cece, what about you? I think he describes me totally. You know, I think so too. And Dr. Foster, what aspect, about you? Some aspect I could of myself a little bit. Okay, so you could be a partial honorary Gemini. I could be a partial honorary Gemini. I've never done honoraries on this show. So anyway, and uh, just a quick note here. I discovered that, did anybody remember the movie MASH, the film? Not the TV show, but the movie 
Anybody? Anybody old enough? Okay, I'll, I'll just leave that one alone. Well, there was a, an actress named Sally Kellerman, and she played a nurse called Hot Lips Houlihan. You can imagine, you probably remember her from the TV show. She wanted to be a performer from the time she calls herself from a skinny little kid growing up in Granada Hills in the San Fernando Valley. She says, I must have come out of the womb singing and dancing. And the reason I mention that is because she wrote a memoir. She passed away recently. Wrote a memoir in 2013, and it was called read my lips no i didn't steal the name of her book from my radio show read my lips story of a hollywood late there hollywood life there you go so in memoriam there we go so let me tell you who my three special guests are just very briefly and then i'm going to ask you each to introduce yourselves. Remember the three minute rule here. I'm not kicking you off, Dr. Foster. I know you like to talk, Cece as well and Alex, but the three minute rule is you can talk for about three minutes. Introduce yourself. What do you do? What's your creativity all about? Because you're all pretty serious for what you do. So let me go around the table first up. Just wave hello when I when I read your name. Alex Becker, PhD. Alex, wave hello. There he is. He has only 11 patents. I want to know what happened to the 12th one. We'll talk about that. He was named among the top 100 MIT alumni in technology last year in 2021. I applaud that, Alex. That's quite an honor coming from MIT. You're the creator of several apps. You'll tell us about those later. And he's the author of, and anybody who's watching us on Facebook can see, 101 Clues to a Happy Life. And Alex Becker, PhD, I read your book completely and I absolutely loved it. You have little bon mots, little comments about how to have a happy life, but you've picked cartoons to go with most of them. I think I saw a review copy and I want to say, Thank you for a wonderful book, Alex. Thank you. Really appreciate Thank you for it. Having me. Oh, delighted. Well, and shout out to Michelle Tennant Nicholson, who introduced you to me from the National Publicity Summit. Let's go around the table. Cece Castelli came here, immigrated to the US, and she washed dishes at Harvard. So Cece went to Harvard, but she went to Harvard as a dishwasher, as a staff, right? Which was important because they had dishes to wash. I know my, my ex-husband years ago was at the architecture school there, not when you were there. And she immigrated here and now she is a travel and hospitality industry technology executive. I'm an early woman in tech, so I appreciate what you do. She is a real estate investor. I really appreciate what you do. I might be needing your services soon. And she's a life and career coach. So Cece, welcome, welcome, welcome. Cece, what's your real first name? I can't pronounce it. What is it? Red, thank you for having me. My real name is Jill Cien. Jill Cien, and it's Y-I-L-C-I-A-N. Thank you for not making me say that. I appreciate it. And then let's go to the gentleman whose first name is an initial. I promised him I had to sign an affidavit before we went live today that I would never call him without the D. It's D, period, Terrence Foster. He is an MD, M-A-F-A-A-P-M-R, and D-A-B-P-M, and you can explain all those later. He's the author of The Stress Book. I want a copy of the book. Dr. Foster, I didn't get one yet. The stress book, 40 plus ways to manage stress and enjoy your life. I'm a candidate. I'm ready for that. He also wrote, he writes very serious other books, The Opioid Epidemic, Consumers and Healthcare Guide, and other books, and he'll talk about that as well. Uh, I just got a note from LLL. She's, she doesn't get Facebook. She's not on it, so she can't hear us tonight, but she's wishing us well, and she'll listen in the morning. So thank you all, and the topic today, as I said, is life-changing creativity. That's why you're all here. So let's go around the table Alex Becker, I'm putting you on speaker view for our audience on Facebook. Would you please take a couple minutes and tell us what do you do? How did you, what are all those patents about? And how did you get named to top people in tech at MIT? Alex, welcome. 
Thank you for having me. But, um, I don't know how I got a uh, name there, but I can tell you that um, I love to invent and uh, I invented, a, I'm a very impatient person. And so I found myself one time um, waiting in line one too many times for my three kids at the theme park, told myself I had to be a better way and invented uh, what became Qless, which is a way to get, uh, join a line virtually and get notified as your turn approaches. So you show up just in time for service. And then more recently, I, um, I fell in love with drones. I took my son on a road trip uh, up uh, the California one all the way to Oregon. We took a, a drone and used it to see, uh, see uh, seals off the coast and look up and down a, a, a waterfall from above the waterfall. And when I realized all the places that one would want drones, I told myself it has to be, I mean, people will want drones access to drones everywhere. Like I need a drone over my house to make sure it's fine. I, I need a drone over my daughter to make sure she's safe. I want a drone in Iceland when I want to see a volcano is erupting. Uh, and so I, I could have been, I was literally sitting in a restaurant in Ireland, the south of France, uh, you know, where Van Gogh painted many of his paintings, imagining this future just full of drones everywhere because everybody would need so many drones. And then it hit me, you act, we actually can share. We actually don't need each to have those many drones. All we need is the sharing economy applied to drones. We need access to drones everywhere, uh, but we don't need to own those drones. And so uh, we created a DRIZIT uh, that stands for Drone Visit, D-R-I-S-I-T. And that's a platform that allows you to connect your drone there and fly it from anywhere, from your phone, from your computer or anywhere, as well as fly other people's drones. Uh, and so that's what I've been uh, doing recently. And then um, recently, I, I have uh, three kids. They were, uh, I, I recently survived them being teenagers all at the same time, which was the hardest thing I've done in my life. Bravo. And I, <laughs> and I was thinking of taking an expedition from Cairo to Cape Town along the West Coast of Africa, which has some rough spots. And so I thought if before I do that, I need to write down everything I would have taught my kids in the years to come. And so I wrote uh, what became 101 Clues to a Happy Life, uh, which is really all the tips I wanted to uh, leave for, for my kids. And then Steve Harrison, who uh, you know from the National Post, he's, mm -hmm. like, he's the guy behind Chicken Soup for the Soul and, and uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad and so many other successful books. He told me you have to publish this for other people. He and was so right. I did. He was right. Well, thank you. And I'm very impressed, by the way, I have a under another name, I have a show called Technology Revolution, The Future of Now, and I'm doing a show on the future of drones, part three, a week from this coming Wednesday, and I need a panelist to round out four on the panel. I think I'm going to send you an invite, and I'll expect you there, so I'll send you Thank the information. You. I didn't realize you were that involved in drones. You would be perfect for that panel. It's a business show. Thank you very much, Cece Castelli with a name I can finally pronounce. Cece, I met you at the summit. I was so taken with you. I'm so intrigued by your career path, by coming to wh wherever you came from. You have to tell us a little bit about that journey and starting as a dishwasher. And that's how you led your pitch to me, wasn't you? Two and a half minutes. Yes. I, I was a dishwasher at Harvard. Okay, let's take it from there. Cece, officially welcome to Read My Lips. Please introduce yourself. Come Thank on. you, Red. Yes, I will say 30 years ago, I went to Harvard not to MIT as Alex, but I went as a dishwasher and not as a student. And then even though I worked in hospitals in Boston and I got a great job, I did go to BU, uh, I ended up facing the fact that my career was at a dinner. And for me to move forward, I decided to grab my kids and move to California during the dot-com. So I started all over. And you fast forward to today, and I am the author of the book, Mindset Unlocked. 
And yes, as you mentioned, I'm an executive in technology. I work in digital technology at one of the top companies in travel and hospitality industry. So I do use creativity, not only with the digital technology, but I'm responsible for implementing the technology, installing it across a fleet all over the world. So that does take uh, logistics and creativity. And I am a certified coach in high performance. And what that means is that I work with people that are really hungry for success, that are really willing to change, to reach their next level in their career. Because in the past few years, I figured that that was my passion, make me happy, uh, helping others have the success uh, that I've had. So that's what I focused on the most right now. Thank you very much. I have two questions for you. What do you have for breakfast and do you ever sleep, Cece? Yes, I definitely sleep not only a full eight hour, but I also, my recharging technique is power naps. I do take a couple power naps, five minutes, 10 minutes. So sleeping, mm. it's right part of me. And I, my breakfast, it's full of protein, eggs, are my thing. And if there is steak left over from the night before, it will be steak and eggs. <laughs> Thank you very much. I was teasing, but I got a great answer from you. I got a really great answer. <laughs> I've started to take naps, but they're not power naps. They're like, okay, I'm going to lay down in the bed and close my eyes and 40 minutes later, but that's, that's not while I have a radio show. So you're all <laughs> safe with me. Thank you very much. Cece, such a pleasure. And your life as Alex is, is a creative path. And Dr. D. Terrence Foster. So happy to meet you. You and I met at the summit as well. Something about you said to me, you got to invite this doctor on your show. And here you are. So would you please do me the Thank honor? Thank you so much, Red, for having me on. <laughs> it's really a true pleasure to be here. Thank you. So I am a D. Terrence Foster. I'm a board certified physician who have been practicing for more than 25 years. I'm board certified in pain medicine as well as physical medicine rehabilitation. I'm the author of um, three books, um, two previous books. Uh, one is this, The Opioid Epidemic, Consumers and Healthcare Guide. And that's a comprehensive book about the opioid epidemic. Um, this, the um, other book related to that is also called Foster uh, Opioid Addiction Classification. And then the one that I've most recently written is called The Stress Book, 40 Plus Ways to Manage Stress and Enjoy Your Life. Now, this book is considered to be one of the most comprehensive book in the field of stress management and prevention by a literary agent, and people who re uh, review the book. It has won five awards so far, and so I'm extremely happy about that. Um, in terms of the book itself, it's a book that is extremely comprehensive and, and has very practical tools that can be utilized so that people's life can be made better. Um, stresses about life issues. And this book dives into life issues and try to find ways of showing people how to manage stress and most importantly, how to prevent stress. Um, my background, um, I'm currently a, a specialist in pain management and a consultant in uh, rehabilitation. Um, and I've treated thousands of patients. I'm a graduate of the Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York and also from NYU. In terms of creativity, I see myself um, as a creative person because I not only do I write, but I also uh, am an artist in terms of 
freelance drawing, I also do that as well. But one of the thing about being an, an, an author is when I look at myself, I can draw on my experience in life, not so much of saying, okay, this is what these things mean, but also I could take a number of things. I could look at say, um, what does my life mean when I was younger as a child? I, I grew up out of poverty, what does that mean? Um, I'm relatively considered to be very successful now. What does that mean? How does that fit in? I could talk about race. I could talk about politics. I could talk about um, job situation. I could talk about finance. I could talk about real estate because I was a, an agent as a real estate agent before. So all these things that encompasses life issues allows me to write about stress in the depth that I've written about it. And that's one of the reasons why the book is so valuable and will be valuable to those who get a chance to read it. And I hope many people will. And um, it's, it's my desire is to make a difference in people's life. One of the other things that I do that is very important to me is philanthropic work. I mean, um, I've been I am the founder of a nonprofit organization that is named after my name, Deterrence Foster Foundation, uh, which is coming up on its 10th year anniversary this year. And there are other charities that I'm involved in. So all these things are part of what creative creativity is about for me in trying to find different ways to make not just my life better, but to make other people's life better. So I'm indeed happy to be here with you and this uh, panel. Thank, thank you. you. Um, thank you very much. I'm, I'm impressed. And we're all creating our lives. Let's face it. I, I have comedy training. I took, uh, I took improv training and I realized, did I give you a script for tonight's show, Dr. Foster? Did I say, do you read these lines? No, I don't no, think so. No I, I did. We're all, we're all, we're all Cece, same thing, right? You didn't get a script yeah. for this. Alex, did yeah, I tell I you what to say? So we're all making this up. And that's what we do with, I'm on my seventh career, for goodness sake. Do you think I knew exactly where and when I've lived in different parts of the country? I have two grown children. I'm an ex of somebody who's no longer alive. I've worked for many, many different companies. I've been passionate about everything, but I think we just, we improv the conversations, Dr. Foster, you and I are just talking yes. from our hearts. So there is creativity in life. And that's why when I go to the publicity summit and I tell people my show is about creativity and it's not, Oh, on Mondays, I have uh, cornflakes. And on Wednesdays, I have shredded wheat. I'm a very creative. I don't think so. It's got to be more. Than, it's got to be more than your breakfast cereal. But Cece, I have to tell you that I am considered an early woman in tech because I was what used to be called a programmer analyst where I did the the scoping of the somebody called me up and said we need a report with three columns across and five down and this is what the report where it's going I worked for a big big division of a community college division and a state on the other side of the country and then they'd say go program it so I started with a blank piece of paper tabula rasa nothing and I could do 2,000 lines of COBOL code over a weekend and have that damn thing running up and running by Monday at one o'clock in the afternoon. This was all Amazing. keep punch. This was, we had disc drives. Dr. Foster, you get a kick mm -hmm. out of this at Alex. I had to stand on a step stool when I was training in the computer room. I had to stand on a step stool. The disc pack was this big, it had a handle on it and I had to drop it into a disc drive like this, okay? Standing on a stool. 
that's what it was like. We had boxes of cards. It was an 80 column Hollerith card. I sat at a little machine and typed in the code into the cards and it made little holes. And then the operator loaded this deck in and the cards were read in and that's how the programs ran. That was before we had really what I call a dumb terminal where you could just type in your codes. Oh, and now it's gonna run. Well, it was really tough in those days. We worked hard. So anyway, I was an early woman in tech programming COBOL on a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 before Honeywell bought Xerox. That's all I'll say. And uh, then I I saw the IBM 4341 come into being where I was working and I was a PL1 programmer at that point. So I saw the industry from a very different side than people today. And then I had to morph into marketing and I le- had to learn how to use a Macintosh with a mouse, this silly thing you move around on the desk and it gets stuff done and you tap it and click it. I saw that change. I did. So CC, I appreciate you being a woman executive in tech. I left tech a while ago and I'm just running my own radio show. So there we go. So let's go to the opening quotes. I've asked each of my guests to send me, as I do every week, send me an interesting quote from a movie or a song fictional character, nobody real, something that has to do with what they think about creativity. So let's take about two minutes each for this. Alex Becker has sent me a quote from Gandalf the Grey, played by Ian McKellen. He's an Istari wizard and mentor to Frodo, of course, to Frodo. He's talking to Frodo Baggins, played by the one and only young, brilliant actor, Elijah Wood, a young hobbit. We know where we're going with this, Alex, who inherits the one ring from his uncle Bilbo. Of course, the film was The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, 2001 epic fantasy adventure film based on J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. Here's the quote Alex has selected. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Alex, how'd you find this beautiful quote? What does it have to do with creativity? Talk to me. I mean, that, that really, it, it's so profound, that quote, and so simple. That's really the, the most important decision we make every day is what do we do with it? You know, everybody gets the same 24 hours a day, right? Now, the same 24 hours a day that Albert Einstein had and Leonardo da Vinci. So how are we going to spend it? How are you going to spend it? That's the decision we make every day, and it's the most important decision we make. And we make it with creativity, don't we, Alex? You have cre- you've created. Look at what you've done. Look at what you're doing, Right. Well, I, these days it's particularly uh, fun because I'm, uh, so I just wrote the book. Um, I actually have two more books in the pipeline behind that. I'm writing a fourth one. I've, uh, I've been composing a number of, of songs. So, uh, so that's the second part. I've uh, made a, a short film. And then of course the inventions are, are another part of creativity and then creating the company to implement and bring those inventions to life. So, uh, so it's been really, it's really, really fun varied in the forms of creativity. Isn't it fun to have a life where you surprise yourself with all the things you can do? You figure, isn't, isn't that a fun way to go? Seriously? That's exactly the right way to say it. Surprise, I surprised myself yeah. one day when finding out that I could write a song. So yes, you're there right. you go. And I am a painter. I started two years ago. I've got over 200 paintings in my home. And what I'm doing now is I'll, I'll send you all the links. I'm creating art music videos that we're uh, posting with a friend on a VR website called spatial.io you don't need a headset to go there and we're minting them as nfts but the important part is i take about 20 of my paintings i put them into imovie i give them the motion of the ken burns effect and then i have a friend who's a digital music composer in france i use one of his song tracks two minutes three minutes put it underneath and then they become art music videos with my art moving in and out over his music track and i've created nine videos so far of these and it just 
something in the idea came to me and I just can't stop doing them. So who knew that the art on my walls could be, and now I'm applying filters to it, Alex, filters so that the art, impl- the impression changes, the colors change, they get more vibrant. They Anyway, I'll send you all links. I think you'll enjoy them. They're two or three minutes each and they're a blast. Let's go on to quote, thank you. And Cece, my goodness, are you really doing this to me, Cece? Cece picked the quote from Estelle Reiner, who was the director's mother. The movie is When Harry Met Sally and it has a dot 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 an ellipsis after that 1989 romantic comedy film I watched the clip CC this is a classic Estelle Reiner plays woman in diner and we all know that when Sally was trying to say that to Billy to Billy Crystal's character Harry most women fake the big O at some point and he said no woman's ever done that with me and she said oh really and she gives this performance of what it sounds like for a woman enthralled in great pleasure. We'll keep this clean. And the director's mother is sitting at the table in the diner and she says to the waiter, come here. She says, I'll have what she's having. Dead serious. I watched the clip. It's fabulous. So Cece, rescue me here, my dear. Go ahead. What does this have to do with creativity? That can now be more creative than that. She <laughs> dreamed about what she wanted to come across. And guess what? Everybody there felt like I'll have what she's having, right? Everybody had something creative in their mind of what she was making the noise about, right? So it's up to us what we want to interpret out of our life and out of what goes on in our life. So there is where I saw the creativity. It's what we want to create out of each thing that we come across. One of my favorite scenes of all time. (laughs) And I loved watching it. And I won't tell you how many times I watched it. I analyzed it because when you saw it in 1989 in the movie theater, it's like, what? Are you kidding me? (laughs) And now it's what I I had to watch how she said it. It was just deadpan. I'll have what she's having. Like everybody in the diner was in shock and brilliant that Rob Reiner picked his own mother to be the actress who said that line that became the hotline of the whole damn movie. That was really something. Anyway, thank you, Cece. I got such a kick out of that. Let's move on before I lose it here. Dr. Foster has picked, oh, a lovely, lovely line from a Bob Marley song. The song is officially called Three Little Birds by Bob Marley and the Whalers. It was uh, side fourth track, side two, 19, I do my homework, Dr. Foster. So fourth track, side two, 1977 album called Exodus, released as a single in 1980, but people think the song should be named Don't Worry About a Thing or Every Little Thing is Gonna Be All Right because it's in the chorus over and over. So here is the quote. Don't worry, I won't sing, I promise. Don't worry about a thing, because every little thing gonna be all right. Boy, did I kill that. Dr. Foster, rescue me. I love it. You did it. well. You did well, Rhett. Believe me, you did. I'm a I drummer. Did. I drum it better than I sing it, if you get the idea. Your research is, is awesome. Um, Bob Marley, as you know, is one of the premier, or the premier um, artists um, of uh, we're in the 21st um, century. Um, so ideally, um, people look at him as the ambassador or the originator of reggae music. And with respect to what we're talking about, what does this have to do with um, living a better life, a more fulfilled life? Um, when we think about worry, I mean, most of the problems that we have in our lives today has to deal with worry and stress, of course. When we start worrying, then we get into stress. And when you could um, 
think about some of the things that we worried about. Most of the time, those things never come to pass. They never become yep. something that really impacts us negatively. But we spend so much time um, debating about them, worrying about them, literally um, losing lots of sleep over the things that never happen. And why is that sometimes? Because we just don't have enough information to process whatever we're facing. So it's so important to you know, get information that is valid and, and do a, a research, get as much as we can, because that will, of course, alleviate some of the worries that we're having. So don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be right. It's one of what used to be one of my team songs, some of the days when things was really, <laughs> really rough. And I used to think, man, that was a song that I could sing all day long. Don't worry. I'm not going to try to see it. <laughs> Every little thing going to be all right. There we go. We can all take it. Don't worry. Because every little thing going to be all right. I think we, does everybody want to sing it together? <laughs> don't worry. And, and it goes on, but it's a beautiful song. And yes, I mean, I could understand why people think the title should be, you know, don't worry or tree little sure. bird and all of those. But it's an awesome song. And just that line alone is is priceless. It is. And I have a question for you. Can you tell us the number one? Is there a number one stress tip in your book that you could share with us right now? Uh, the number one uh, stress tip in my book that I there's so many. You talk about 40 plus ways to manage stress and enjoy your life. I think one of the key things, if you should plan your life and have goal. I think that is so fundamental. And it, it, the, the concept is so simple that it probably escaped most of us. But if you have a plan and you can execute those plans and know the things that are gonna prevent you from reaching your goal and the things that are gonna help you to get there, then that in of itself, those um, around those three main things, you know, planning your, knowing what it is you want, knowing what's gonna stop you from getting there and, and going towards those things will have to leave a lot of stress. And also one of the key factors in, in stress management is prevention. What can you do to prevent bad things from happening to you? You know, so those, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, when you ask me, it's like, okay, we take all these 40 plus things that I choose. But you know, that's where I would say to, to anyone, goals are so important in all of our lives. And again, it's so simple to escape most of us, but if we could, um, know what our goals are, know the things that are gonna prevent us from getting there, and also the things that are gonna help us to get there, then we're gonna be ahead of the game in all times. Thank but you very much. And I wanna use that as a segue. Alex Becker, I'd like to know, do you have one or two of the 101 clues you'd like to share with the audience today? Cause I read the whole book and I loved them all. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's hard to pick one. One that came to mind uh, when Dr. Foster gave his favorite quote was fear is a liar. Um, you know, we, and it's one that I've used in a board meeting. I remember a, a company lawyer quoting back to me. Uh, I mean, the, some of the worst board directors I've ever mm -hmm. seen acted out of fear of, uh, of things that never came to pass. And so they, they made all the wrong decisions. Fear, first of all, fear makes you uh, amygdala activated. And so it makes you emotional. It shuts off your neocortex and the ability to make uh, rational decisions and, and, and come up with insights. So that's the first reason fear is wrong, uh, bad. Second, the second one is what Dr. Foster said is most things that you fear never come to happen. Third one is that, uh, you know, worrying about them is not what's going to prevent them from happening anyway. It's, it's planning and acting. So, uh, so that's, that's one that came to mind when I heard that quote. Um, but uh, I mean, there's others that are more mundane, um, you know, like, um, like the, the morning that I uh, discovered the number one turnout for people around, uh, you know, around us. 
And that's bad breath. And there was a simple solution for it, right? It took just a little bit of research. And then once you find the solution for it, I mean, if you don't know it, you, you got to go to that clue in the book, because if you are, if you have bad breath, you turn off everybody around you. And there are, there are successful, uh, you know, senior executives who haven't figured this out and go around, uh, you know, with bad breath every day of their work, which is terrible for people around them. Do you have one ha really happy one, one clue you want to share? Because I just brought the book up. I want something that's on the fun. So we've got bad breath. We got fear. We need we need something that's little on the happier side. You want me sure. to sure? Go ahead. Sure. No, go for it. You want you want to pick one? I'm still scrolling down. Let's see. Let's yeah. see. Let's see. Go ahead. I, I mean, travel is uh, to me. Travel is a is a huge part of happiness. And so uh, you know, living a life of travel. I've been to what 73 countries so far. I've been to 49 out of the 50 states. Uh, you know, just in the last few months, I've been to Santa Lucia and to Bali and to Argentina and to Argentina and Patagonia. Um, and people often tell themselves, well, I don't have the time to travel. I don't have the money to travel. And so one of the clues is about how you can really make the time and money to travel and get paid to do it. Uh, and so that's, uh, you know, by essentially by, by getting paid to give up your house to somebody else and use that money to travel to places that are that are cheaper. I like that. And number 15, and Cece, I'm going to pick on you next to add something from your book. You knew that. Number 15 in Alex's book is buy the best house you can afford. You say, as my dad says, buy the best you can afford. It's the best place to invest your money. You live your life in it. And this is advice I gave to my children along the way. They're both very grown. And I said to them, reach go up to the next level. Don't skimp, don't downplay, grow into it as long as you can afford it without making me pay for it, please. Find something that you love, a house that you love, an apartment that you love. And one of them lived in Virginia in an, a corner apartment with the views that were amazing. Another one lived over the Beltway in DC with a view that was just spectacular. Another one bought a house in Asheville, North Carolina with a wraparound porch and mature trees in the backyard. And just, she had her wedding there. It was just gorgeous. And I was proud of them because they took my advice. So Alex, I, I should be on the screen here. I'm talking at you and not with you. So anyway, uh, I, yeah, so I, I appreciated that one very, very much. So let's go to Cece. Cece, let's from one of your, from your book, Mindset, uh, Mindset Unlocked. Let's get one or two tips from you. And then we're going to go on to famous birthdays and some crazy holidays you've all never heard of. Go ahead, Cece. Yes, I'm actually, it was a great segue because <laughs> I just hit my country number 75 two weeks ago. So I'm definitely following the cues uh, from uh, Alex's book. So very good on that. And I'm going to pick a takeaway that is a mix of what both of you said. So going back to goals, what I have noticed that a lot of my coaching clients, they have goals, but nobody really writes them down and they don't block the time to work towards those goals. Yep. So what happens? Fear comes up. They wake up. They don't know what they're working on. The time passes. They get anxiety, they get fears. Oh, am I going to the gym today? Mm, maybe not. Do I do this or maybe not? So one of the takeaways that I talked a lot about uh, on the book is that when you have goals, whether they are career goals or personal goals, to write them down and set up in your calendar, in your schedule, the time to work on them on a daily basis. So break them from 
if it's a year goal to monthly, quarterly, weekly, until you get to do what is it that you're going to work on today. And the other thing is to work on your energy, not only on your physical energy, but on your emotional energy. So you have people around you that want to be near you and with you, besides, of course, having good breath as he mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Touche. Would you all indulge me? I want to see if I can play one of my music videos. Would you like that, all of you? Sure. Screen share. Let's see if I can get it to play. I've got my volume turned up on my keyboard here, so I have to have it feeding into the mic. And I'm going to bring it up. Let me do a share screen so you can all see it. Now let me go to here and share, and let's give this a try. So I'm going to play this right now, and it's on, here we go. Let's see if it's going to play. You ready? It's 51 seconds. Those are beautiful paintings, Red. Congratulations. Thank beautiful. You. And that was my first attempt at original music. I created that track in GarageBand. Oh, wow. And it's the same track done three times, one with a variation of a chorus of voices, ah, ha, 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 one with brass and one with harp. And I strung them together for the music track. 51 seconds. Thank you so much. This is what I've started to do for for my for fun. I did a whole bunch of them over the weekend and I've gotten, my daughter did beautiful art, big paintings in acrylic when she was 13, 14, 15. They're all framed in my home. And I got her permission to do one with her paintings as well. And so I'm having, this is my new creative endeavor. I'd love to do it for other people. I'd have to charge, of course, but uh, I just I just love putting art to music. And I have my friend Serge Hoffman in, in France, who has also created a bunch of tracks that he's sharing with me for some other videos. But I wanted you to hear my, my original music. I had such a such a kick and i'll tell you the funny thing about garage band is it's not intuitive it's not intuitive at all i found a youtube video i can send it to anybody who wants it uh, by a gentleman it's a 16 minute how-to tutorial on the basics of using garage band if i had watched that before i started composing my music i would have saved about six hours in one day of struggling to get everything lined up because he has all the tricks and tips so anyway my advice for people who want to start some use creative apps of some kind and you're not familiar with them either get a tutorial from you to me for 10 bucks or go on youtube and find something and get familiar with it first a lot of these apps are brilliant but they're not not intuitive. Let's go ahead and go to, let's see. Thank you so much for, for uh, allowing me to do that. I appreciate, I know it's my show, but I wanted your permission. Let's do some happy birthdays. We have a bunch of famous people with birthdays today. Um, one sad birthday, actually it's happy for her, but sad for her life. Winona Judd, she's 58 today. And you know, she just lost her mother, Naomi, about a week ago, tragically took her own life. Uh, but Winona, has had 19 number one singles 
including the one she did with her mom and the judge. She's one of the best-selling country music artists of all time. I did not know that. Now, here's somebody who's very much alive and well, and I believe her family as well, Adina Menzel. Anybody remember her? She was the voice of Elsa in Disney's Frozen, and she was on Broadway in Wicked. Adina Menzel is 51 today. Now, I have somebody you've never heard of. His name is Duncan Zowie Haywood Jones. Anybody have any idea who he is? Doesn't sound familiar? Okay, well, if I tell you that he's the son of David Bowie, and he is a British director, producer, and screenwriter in his own right. He's 51 years old. He could be Idina Menzel's brother for all we know. CeeLo Green. Does anybody know his real name? He's one of my favorites in terms of musician. Anybody know his real name? CeeLo Green. It's Thomas DiCarlo Calloway. Isn't that a nice fancy name for CeeLo Green? Singer, rapper, record producer, businessman, knows for his soul music, including the hit single Crazy, and other music I cannot name on my show because we don't say those words here. Uh, there is a gentleman, a lady named Rachel Atlanta Sterling. She's 45 today. She's an English stage film and TV actress. She played Millie in the ITV series The Bletchley Circle. Did anybody see The Bletchley Circle? I recommend it to you. It's about women in World War II who were coders of trying to get secret messages to the troops in the UK. And there's the Bletchley Circle, and then there's a, a, a sequel to it where they come to San Francisco and try to start lives. The, the Circle of Women Friends go, it's Bletchley, B-L-E-T-C-H-L-E-Y, Bletchley Circle. Very interesting. And Mel Blank, the man with a thousand voices, who was a voiceover actor for Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig, Tweety Bird, and Daffy Duck, he passed away, but today would have been his birthday. He passed away in 1989, the year that when Harry Met Sally was made. I have some social media stars with birthdays today. You've never heard of them, I promise you. And I'm not making fun of their names, but they have very interesting names. So this is out of respect. So there's somebody uh, who's a YouTube star whose name is Think Noodles. That's one word. Dr. Foster, Think. talk about stress, picking that name. Think Noodles. Um, he is on, let's see, he is on YouTube. He only has 8 million subscribers. Ooh. Okay, and his his areas of expertise are something called Club Penguin, Poptropia, Poptropica, Minecraft, Roblox, and Webkin's Gameplay Commentator, and the Insiders Network on YouTube. I don't have any idea what I just said. It means sure. nothing to me. Then we have a young lady whose real name is Ellen Palom, but she goes by Cutie, K-Y-U-T-I-E. She's all of 25, Australian. She publishes video games, reaction videos, pranks, and blogs. She only has 3.4 million subscribers. Cece, wouldn't we love a fraction of that? I know we Absolutely. would. Absolutely. Then we have a prankster who pokes horror movies, horror videos, and pranks about internet dating on YouTube, and his name is Life of Luxury. I can't even, I, Dr. Foster, I, I, I just can't even. He only has, his Life of Luxury channel has five point, five point, no, I'm sorry, five million plus subscribers, but Luxury Pranks is a different channel and that only has two million. So that's not as popular. Then we have on TikTok, a young lady, TikTok, I'm thinking of TikTok, I'm thinking of the breath, Alex. <laughs> you got me on that one. Or was that Dr. Yes, that was you. Summer yeah. Ford is her name, she's 21. She only has 750,000 fans on TikTok. She posts little mini videos on lifestyle, 
food daily routine and get ready with me, whatever that means. And then we have a rapper named Remy Ma, M-A, and she's very famous and I don't know anything about her. Let's do some, let's see what month it is. It's Monday, May 30th. We're not going to go with month. We're going to go with some holidays. Memorial Day, I introduced the show as that. It's also Creativity Day. I think every Monday is Creativity Day because that's what my show is all about. There we go. It's also National Mint Julep Day. Does anybody have an idea what's in a mint julep? Alex, are you familiar with a mint julep? No. Dr. Foster? No. Cece? No. It's a very famous cocktail. You muddle means you take a paddle and you muddle bourbon, sugar, mint, and ice. It's a famous drink at the Kentucky Derby. And I read that 120,000 mint juleps are sold during Derby weekend in Louisville, Kentucky at the Derby. 120,000, I wouldn't say people, there might be only 60,000 people and they're drinking two each, but you have a little mint leaf on it, it's lovely. And it's National Water of Flower Day. Does anybody keep a garden? Dr. Foster, do you have a garden? A little bit, a little one. Do you have a what they call a green thumb or do you kill plants? We are, they're actually, they're, they're surviving. They're surviving. Okay, Cece, what about you? What I have plants? orchids. Orchids are my favorite. So yes, I do have orchids. I have a small greenhouse on my patio and my orchid plant is doing very well. I had 25 blooms on it last year. 25. These leaves were this big. There were orchids everywhere. Alex, what about you and plants? Yes, I love plants. I, I have a garden. And I, I live by the mountains, so I'm looking out in some bougainvilleas right now and palm trees. I love plants. Lovely. And I'll give you a secret. There's Go ahead, Alex, fin finish. Oh, I, I, I was saying there's a clue in the book about them. So yeah, I love Yes, them. I used to buy plants, $6.99, at the supermarket. We have a, a Harris Teeter here in Durham, very nice upscale supermarket. You can tell by the prices, it's clean, it's beautiful. If you ask somebody where something is, Dr. Foster, where's the this soup or where's that soup? They'll actually leave where they are and walk you to that aisle. They don't just say aisle four and point. They take you there. I'm from New York. They don't do you're <laughs> like yeah over there lady too bad you know here it's like oh i'll take you there it's lovely but i discovered alex go ahead hold there's it up a yeah there's a cartoon in my book if the, if the it's not showing show it. no it's there you go uh i can't get it to show uh but it reads um i can tell it's looking at it's a, a woman looking at a plant talking to another woman and says i can tell it's new because it's alive <laughs> Tuesday. Well, I can tell you that I decided to try seeds in vegetables that I buy as plants. So I took the seeds scraped out of the inside of a yellow pepper and put them in a little bit of dirt and I use old candle jars. I buy candles in glass jars. When it's empty, leave a little bit left, put some dirt in and rocks or whatever you want. And it's beautiful because you can see the roots going. I planted the little seeds, sprinkled them on the dirt and I have a pepper plant. It's not growing peppers, but it's a beautiful leafy plant. that's about 14 inches tall and it's thick and it's still growing. And I planted about a year ago. I took half of a Vidalia onion from the fridge that I didn't cook soon enough and it was kind of uh, like don't put that in my salad you know anyway i took it outside i slid it in half took off the bad part and stuck it in my front garden well about a month later it has grown 18 inch tall stems with white flowers on top of them that is absolutely gorgeous people stop by and say what is that 
it's a Vidalia onion. And when I looked at the bottom, Dr. Foster, there were eight little tiny onions just under the ground. They were so tiny and they had a little hole inside of them, like like you, you could put your finger inside. So they weren't completely closed up onions, but they're eight. I have another one growing in the garden. And then I took some old dead grape tomatoes and cut the seeds out and I have some scraggly looking, yes, avocado plants. I've got one that's about two feet tall. So I'm growing vegetable and fruit seeds in my in my window garden. Alex, have you ever tried that? No, I haven't. Well, don't wait. I, I even have a, a grapefruit seed that grew into a little plant. So I'm trying to just recycle with the inside of, of, of fruits and vegetables. It's very much fun to watch those. It's also so tomorrow is Tuesday. It is autonomous vehicle day. Alex, you're the closest one to high-level tech right now, I think, on the panel. I hope I'm not offending anybody by saying that. Would you have an autonomous vehicle in the next five years if you felt they were at 98% safety or not? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know people are ter terrible drivers, so it, it won't be hard for <laughs> machines to get better than them. They're they're doing research at uh, not MIT. I think it's uh, at Harvard or at Boston University. A couple of scientists. I went to BU as well. CC. I finished my degree there. Um, the last two years when I moved after I got married. Anyway, uh, they're doing research with teaching autonomous cars to drive safely by putting them into the roundabouts in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where you know you can have eight to ten. <laughs> cars descending and they're teaching them to watch people in cars and it's machine learning they're they're learning by analyzing the data and they're up to a 92 percent safety rate i did the research on that um doctor I, I was i was in bali a month ago as i mentioned and people there just drive to to the nearest exit that they want to go off of the, of the roundabout they, they've never heard of going in a particular uh, sense <laughs> circulation so I, I hope those uh learn better i hope but, they but, but, do but software can really help uh, safety. I mean, with the drones, and one of the nice things that Drizzt does is it allows people to put a geofence and say, well, this drone cannot come out of this area and cannot go below this uh, height. And therefore, you know, people are not able to crash it because, because of the software. So it's really much safer when you have that kind of uh, software. In place. Absolutely. Dr. Foster, would you allow yourself to be driven by an autonomous vehicle anytime soon? I don't think we're going to have much choice. I mean, we're we're all getting to that uh, phase where I, you know, I believe eventually we're all going to have a chip. <laughs> there and, you go. And we're all going to have to. Um, that's going to be the most easy way to move forward. Now, of course, there are going to be you know negative consequences, and just like everything else, you're going to have the bad guys and the good guys trying to figure out a way to make this forward. But I don't think we'll have much choice in terms of whether we go autonomous or whether we. Um, still continue to try to do what we want to do, which is going to be much, much more difficult. I'm Just keeping the keys in my... I'm, sure. I'm keeping my keys. Nobody's taking my keys away. <laughs> Cece, would you drive an autonomous vehicle in Absolutely. one? Absolutely. I what? would. It okay. would allow me to be more productive during somebody... Uh, driving for me yeah there so. there you go there you go our pain is um not too far from being mm -hmm. autonomous you know i mean the pilot does you know as a role there but i mean a lot of it is automated listen it, that's right that's absolutely right let's go to let's see we're still on tuesday the 31st of tomorrow it's national macaroon day i make some great chocolate macaroons a little coconut a little cocoa and make them in my air fryer oven and boy are they good National Smile Day today is, I want you all to smile for me. Mm. 
There you go. You all smell wonderful, by the way. Wednesday is Dinosaur Day, Flip a Coin Day, Go Barefoot Day, Hazelnut Cake Day, Nail Polish gave that up, Nail Polish Day, Olive Day, and Wear a Dress Day. Cece, do you still wear dresses? Yes, I do. I do too. I I live in Miami, so you have to wear dresses and be sexy. I live in my office and I have to wear dresses on the radio so people can see. Anyway, never mind. No, I always have a, always have a dress on. I don't even own a pair of jeans. Oh, banish me. Thursday is rotisserie chicken day. It's Bubba day. Apparently there are 50,000 people in the world whose names are Bubba. I didn't even know. There's a famous restaurant in Times Square, New York called Bubba's. It's a shrimp place, I think, seafood. It's Rocky Road Day and it's also National Moonshine Day. Does anybody know what moonshine was? Anybody remember? Alex, remember what moonshine yes, was? Yes. Yes. They were making hard, it hard drink. Hard liquor. That's right. They were making it in stills. In they were making it with prohibition. Actually, uh, 1919, the 18th Amendment of Prohibition, and people were making this illegally and any place they could and drinking it illegally until prohibition was ended. So it still is an industry, but it's safe now. There's not stuff in it that's going to kill you. Thank goodness. Friday is Egg Day. CC, there you go. I eat eggs for lunch almost every day of the week. It's cider day and it's donut day. So after you have your eggs and a little of cider, not the hard stuff for me, you can have a donut. I I think just chocolate will be fine. Saturday is National Cognac Day. Do you know that a true cognac has to come from the vineyards of their only six certified regions in France that are certified for cognac grapes? Did anybody know that? CC, you knew that? Yeah, I went to cognac this year. Wow. I, I, how, how did I know that? Well, it was in the calendar. I didn't know you'd be here. It's National Trails Day, or, organized, of course, by the American Hiking Society. And it's Cheese Day. Sunday is Gingerbread Day, Sausage Roll Day. I'm hurrying because we only have two minutes. Sausage Day, Veggie, Veggie Burger Day, Hot Air Balloon Day, and Business Etiquette Day. And next Monday, when I will be on the air, it's Yo-Yo Day. Woo! Drive-In Movie Day. Are there any left? I think they're making a comeback. Your autonomous vehicle can take us there, Alex. Gardening Exercise Day. I try to, yes. And Applesauce Cake Day. I remember the days when applesauce cake was wonderful. I'm just about ready to close as if we had an engineer here because it's coming up on 57 minutes. I'll stretch it for another two minutes. So let's go around the table. Alex Becker, where can people find you? Website, please. Um, the book can be found at 101clues.com. So that's 101clues.com. And uh, there's there's information on me and how to contact me over there. Okay, thank you very much. Cece Castelli, where can people find you, my dear? Yes, my book at Mindset Unlocked or Amazon. And you can also find me at ccicastelli.com. And that's spelled C-I-C-I-C-A-S-T-E-L-L-I.com. Thank you. I love to spell. You did it for me. I appreciate that. Dr. T. D. Terrence Foster. I did it right. I said T instead of D. Forgive me for that. D. Period. Terrence You're Foster. Perfect, You're perfect. I'm so working it, hard at it, honey. Go ahead. What's your website? Book can be found. It's uh, several format. Uh, Kindle electronic books, um, paperback, hardcover, as well as audiobook. And you can be found on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Or you could go to my website, dterrencefoster.com. I'm going to spell that. The letter D. Terrence has two R's in it, T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E-F-O-S-T-E-R dot com. Got them all right? Perfect. Perfect. I try. I haven't been perfect in a long time. Once in a while is okay, though. I want to read my closing, and then you're going to stick around. I want to talk to all of you afterwards, and I'm going to actually play the outro before we close. So we're getting ready to say goodbye to Facebook. So here we are. Everybody listen up. Life is short. (gasps) Break the rules. 
forgive quickly, kiss slowly. Trust me, I know. Love truly, laugh uncontrollably. All three of you laugh with me. (laughs) (laughs) And never, ever, ever regret anything that made you smile. And final words, work like you don't need the money, even if you do. Nobody wants to see you struggling and suffering unless it's something that's not supposed to happen. But try to enjoy what you do. Right, Cece? Dance like nobody's watching. And when I used to dance teaching disco in a cafeteria with 250 students, they all watched, trust me. Uh, Sing like nobody's listening. Dr. Foster, you and I got through the song pretty well. I think we didn't hurt anybody's feelings. Love like you've never been hurt because we all have. Let your heart regrow, regenerate, right? Let it come back. Love yourself. You'll find love somewhere else, I promise. And money talks, chocolate sings, and last but not least, I stole this line from another host many years ago. Thank you for turning me on. Everybody wave goodbye. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.